Hello and welcome to the Forbes India podcast series. I'm your host Aditya and last week Shishir Prasad and I spoke about the hidden gems of India and talked about private companies which had it in them to make it big. Today, however, it's going to be a whole different thing. We are going to be talking about names which are very familiar and who have already made it big. I mean very big, which means we'll be talking about the Forbes India rich list issue and to take us through it I have Prince Thomas senior assistant editor at Forbes India with me. Hi hi Aditya. So I don't know Prince if it's just a coincidence or is it by design that the name of the person who is leading the effort of putting the rich list together uh-huh. is also Prince. <laughs> it's just a coincidence I'm sure. <laughs> I'll take your word on that. Let's get started and this is sure. a very Forbes India thing. to do this is what forbes india is typically known by besides you know the great right. coverage that you have so let's start with uh, how forbes india arrives at the names in this list right i am guessing that it must have taken you a couple of months what is the methodology that we have this year and has it has it changed since the last time you did this the rich list is a 25 year old property that forbes is known for all over the world so in india we've been doing it since the launch of the indian edition in 2009 and methodology remains the same what we do take in count as the shareholding and the financial information that the families share and also look at the assets in terms of their shareholding in group companies and in terms of private companies they are valued based on similar companies that are also publicly traded so this is a methodology that's been tried and tested and proven over the years and this is published all every year so i took look at the list that uh, is already available online as well right. and the combined wealth of india's 100 richest is about 250 billion then right. i was surprised that it is actually up by 9 billion the reason i say that is because i keep on hearing that the world is in recession yet somehow indian billionaires have managed to yes, yes. move up a bit so what's happening here no lot of it has to be the the recent surge in the sensex and that's all thanks to the form push that's come from the prime minister's office of recent so we're talking of the fdi and retail and other reforms in the financial services and that has uh, improved the sentiment which has been uh, quite low one could say that has improved the sentiment it has pushed the stocks up and that has helped uh, in turn in pushing up the wealth by a bit and it's a, it's a modest gain about 9 million dollars but still a gain uh, nonetheless and we are also doing better i mean when i say we you know um, it it is the sure. indian billionaires who are doing better than right. the than the ones in say brazil or the brick countries isn't it yes yes if you compare the indian billionaires to the counterparts in the rest of the brick nations we surely are be- doing better in fact in the case of uh, china and i think the number of billionaires has actually gone down whereas we have seen an increase in the number of billionaires from uh, 57 last year to 61 and also the cut off to get into the list this time is much higher so generally i think it photos uh, a better performance by indian entrepreneurs compared to their international peers that's good to know so let's let's get to the core of the list right let's talk about the top 3 Um I think it will be anyone who follows business news closely or even is fairly aware of what's happening in the business world won't be too surprised to know the top 2. The first one is Mr. Mukesh Ambani with 21 billion dollars. The second one is Lakshmi Mittal at number 2, 16 billion dollars. 
the difference in wealth of Azim Premji, who is at number three, is around 40% less than that of Mr. Ambani at number one. So it seems a, a long way for anyone to catch up with uh, Mr. Ambani here. Yes, I think Mukesh Ambani has been on the top of the list, I think, for the fifth straight year. So I think it's uh, reflective of uh, how well his company, Reliance Industries, has done. And also reflective of the fact that energy is in much need today. And uh, the fact that uh, Azim Premji is still number three, but his wealth has gone down. And uh, most of the entrepreneurs from the IT sector have seen their wealth going down. In fact, uh, I think all the co-founders of Infosys are on the list, and each of them has seen uh, his wealth going down. So... In many of the times, we keep saying that the list is a great reflection of how the economy and the specific sectors are doing. Absolutely. And I see that going by the list, pharma industry is doing very well in India. We have a surpriser yes. entrant into the top five this year, don't we? Yes. Uh, Dilip Shangiri, the owner of Sun Pharmaceuticals, he is actually the highest absolute dollar gainer this year. I think the fact that he's actually also the poster boy of the Indian pharmaceuticals now. And uh, one of the profiles that we have done this time in the list is on him and how he is bringing out a different management culture within Sun Pharma after giving off his managing director uh, responsibilities and just taking over as chairman. So we can surely see much, much uh, more things happening in Sun Pharma in the coming days. Now, since you have already, you know, brought up the topic of profiles that we have along with the rich list, we have a few other, you mentioned Dilip Sangvia from Sun Pharma. There are four other people who you have done profiles on, you know, RS Agarwal and RS Goenka uh, from Imami, Sunil Mittal from, of Airtel, Rajesh Mehta from Rajesh Exports and um, Virendra Mahiskar from IRB. Could you give us a background as to why were these names picked? along with the rich list? Uh, each of these names have been picked after very careful research done by our team. And each one has been picked because of the where they, they stand uh, right now. For instance, in the case of Sunil Mittal, he's been the face of Indian Telecom, being the most honored entrepreneur from the sector. And he's led the game till now. But ever since the acquisition in, the, in Africa and the cutthroat competition that's happening here in the domestic market, uh, there's been a lot of question marks on his business model. And at the same time, still people look up to him to lead the way. So it's very interesting. It's an interesting juncture where he's standing right now and his company. Similarly, in other cases, for instance, in the case of the Imami founders, theirs is a family business which is very unique because the two founders are not related to each other. But they've been childhood friends, co-founders of the company and continue to run the company ever since they founded it in the late 70s. And uh, the interesting part here is that they have laid a foundation uh, for business family that could be a model for other business families also because they've been able to seamlessly bring in the next generation into operations of the company. And right now they are in the process of planning the succession into the next generation. So it's an interesting story here again. And similarly, we have Rajesh. Mehta of Rajesh Exports, another interesting entrepreneur who who owns actually the largest factory for jewelry in Bangalore. And I think there is a change in strategy there. He's shifting from a commodity to a branding product business. 
and he's getting into retail. Uh, in fact, has got into retailing of gold. So it's an interesting uh, change in strategy there. Then we have Virendra Maitka, whose IRB infrastructure has been in news lately for, uh, one could say, not very right reasons. But many of the reasons, I think, is reflective of the infrastructure sector, which incidentally has uh, seen quite a dip. Entrepreneurs from the sector have seen the largest drop in the wealth. And Maitka, even while he focuses just on road projects, he has developed a, a business model which has been proven still faces a lot of challenges which is reflective of the sector. Yeah. So uh, each of the stories, I think, gives a lot of learning to the readers. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, in in that answer, a couple of times you did mention about uh, the next generation. And I also see that we have picked out a few people from, the, from these business families yeah. who I believe you guys are going to keep a close watch on. One of the names mentioned out here is Nisa Godrej. And uh, the other one is Gajwani. What is it that is so special about these guys? Uh, Nisa's story is very interesting because ever since she joined Godrej, uh, which is owned by her father, Adi Godrej, there's been a lot of changes within the organization, the way the company itself functions. And uh, when you read the story, you realize there's a lot of color, there's a lot of drama. Uh, she's brought in a kind of a cultural change within the company. And it is interesting because, you know, whenever a new generation comes in, they come with their own ideas and beliefs and how they integrate that into the present culture of the company. So I think it's an interesting model for others to learn from. Same case of Satin Gajwani, I think he's, we see him to be groomed by Samir Jain, to take over a lot of responsibility at the BCCL, which is the largest media company in India. And his grooming, his his thinking, I think itself is another learning for us. And I think it's a very interesting uh, entrepreneur in his own right. He has his own ideas, has his own vision. And I think it makes an interesting story about how he's being groomed to take over the responsibilities, and especially in terms of digital media, which is the, which is the way to go forward. And I think... His grooming, his decisions might play a large role in how the company, the group itself will go ahead in the future. Wow, that's a lot of responsibility on Mr. Gajwani at this point. Uh, (laughs) And we certainly hope that the next generation keeps the family name up and manages to even carve out an an identity for themselves, isn't it? Sure. And and you know what, just over the weekend, while you were Mm -hmm. off, to the F1 Grand Prix, the Indian F1 Grand Prix is what I've been told. Right. I was right. catching up on uh, a movie which has recently re- been released, Chakraview, and um, towards the end of the movie, the voiceover says that 70% of private wealth in India is controlled by a handful of families. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true that is. And I'm trying to draw a parallel to what we have in the issue this time is that you have managed to create a family tree of sorts, which basically maps the linkages between the rich list, people in the rich list. It's an interesting take. Would you, would you like to give us an overview of what that is? Yes, yes. Because we realize that in many ways and more than one ways, the, uh, the billionaires on our list are linked to each, each other. And uh, in many of the cases, the link is through uh, marriages because, in the, uh, for instance, in the case of Narayan Murthy, his son Rohan is married to Lakshmi Venu, who's daughter of Malika and Venu Srinivasan. 
another example is in Kishore Biyani's daughter is married to Anil Agarwal's nephew. So uh, that's one way they are linked. In another way, is through business. And in business, it's very interesting. There is love, there is war. In many of the times, they have we have people competing with each other. For instance, when uh, uh, when Lakshmitral, Sajjan Jindal and Shashi and Ravi Ruya competed with Anil, Anil Agarwal of Vedanta for ownership of Sitra Goa, which eventually Anil Agarwal won. And at the same time, there's a lot of cooperation also. For instance, Anand Mahindra helped Uday Kotak set up the uh, Kotak Mahindra Bank. So we thought it's a very interesting thing of what happens within this very elite group, the kind of rapport they actually have between themselves. And I think it's been brought about very well by the design team. Talking about the design, I also hear that you have a special cover for this particular issue. Would you like to talk a little bit about the cover itself? I wouldn't want to give away anything right now, but I'm sure that it is completely in sync with the issue that we have and also the the time that uh, we are coming out with the issue, which is the festive season of Diwali, and which is about prosperity and wealth. And I think uh, the cover shoot and the cover concept itself is an amazing and unique story. And I would request all of our readers to look forward to the blog that the design head Anjan that will be coming out with and very explains the story behind the cover visual. Do look out for that. Would you have anything else that would you would like to share with our readers that uh, they might find when they pick up this issue? Yeah, I think uh, we have a very comprehensive issue this time which connects and looks at and gives an insight uh, many aspects of uh, leading entrepreneur's life. So the back of the book section, we we have a photo feature. In fact, a couple of them. One is about the Shekhawati region, from where most of the Marwadi billionaires hail from. Uh, it's an interesting story about how the history behind the Marwari's rise as a business class. And then we have very interesting grooming tips from Yatan Nahluwalia, who personally is a, a stylist and groomer to many of the billionaires. And do look out for the fantastic curation that Kishore Singh has done on billionaire art and the fascinating collection that the billionaires have in their houses. And finally, we just want to mention about the piece about billionaire lifestyle in London. And because London is a place where many of the billionaires are based and also where many of the billionaires do travel very often on business and also on personal trips. And do look out what Blinia Lifestyle in London looks like. That's amazing. Thanks a lot for that. And with that, let's wrap this one up. If you want to hear more of the podcast that we have done under this series, please log on to www.forbesindia.com. And if you want to subscribe to the magazine itself and read about the rich list and the forthcoming issues, just send an SMS with Forbes to 51818. Once again, it is Forbes to 51818 and someone will get in touch with you. That's about it. Thanks a lot, Prince. Uh, Thanks a lot for putting this wonderful uh, list together and I hope our readers enjoy it. Thanks. Thanks. It's a pleasure talking on this platform as always. Thank you. Bye-bye.